0: "'Someone had undoubtedly thrown the tangled mass over into the field, "'and some other unwitting being, two- or four-footed, "'had become entangled, as he had, and carried it along the hedgerow.' "'He gave the line a good jerk. "'But it resisted so sharply, it cut into the middle crease of his fingers, "'making three of them bleed. "'Damn it!' "'He tried to bore the springy gut tighter.' Smirching the lot with his blood as he tried the tension on the line was certainly not slacking off some fish he thought then abruptly the line plunged to the left down into a conduit, a gully dug deep to drain water from the roadway when wind and tide pushed the sea inland, and he finally saw what held the gut so firmly, for Christ's sake, he exclaimed. A man lay there, on his face, his hands and arms raised above his head, as if he tried to cling to the grasses and reeds that had grown strong and tall from the sides and bottom of the gully. He could see that the line he had collected ended here, beneath this man, somewhere. Cannon was aware he talked to the man, though he looked beyond earthly help, but Cannon had to be sure, Life could be nurtured from the tiniest spark if help came in time. He could see if he tried to reach from above, he might well slip on top of the man. So, going a little further along, he jumped over into the concealed overgrown depths of the gully. It was deeper than he expected, and pushing back through the growth of weeds, he found his waist was now level with the outstretched form. As he lifted a hand to feel for a pulse in the neck, there was movement. Cannon's heart leapt as, for one moment, he thought the man had been sleeping and now turned to see who disturbed him. But the movement was no more than displacement, and the angle of the gully turned the man as he slid down, so he came to rest face up on Cannon's feet. A man inexperienced with death and murder might have panicked, leapt, and run. But, though his heart pounded, Cannon froze into an observation machine, and there was much to take in. First, the weight across his feet was that of a dead man. Dead weight, the heaviness of a corpse with no air in his lungs, had for years been a working reality for Cannon. Now he was face up, Cannon saw that the face and hair were plastered with so much black fen mud he could have been wearing one of those face packs he'd occasionally been startled to find Liz wearing. Cannon stooped to look beneath the chin and saw the other end of the fishing line doubled over and used as a garrote. The gut had cut deep into the flesh, so deeply the neck had almost closed over it. "'sealing off any great flow of blood. "'Death, Cannon knew, would have been swift, "'though what had happened to this man before he died was another matter, "'for though his features and much of his dark hair were thickly coated with mud, "'his clothes looked clean, "'his black shoes were immaculate enough for a company boardroom. "'Cannon sighed heavily. "'Like any other member of the public, "'he did not want this involvement,' "'He just wanted to get on with his life.' "'With the utmost delicacy, he inched his feet back "'until they were free of the weight, "'then reached for his mobile phone, "'tapped in the number of the local constabulary, "'and, as it was answered, recognised the voice on the other end. "'Sergeant Madden?' he queried. "'Is it John Cannon?' a cheerful voice asked in reply. "'It is, Sergeant, and I've just found a body.' There was a noise that almost sounded like a choked-off laugh. What, one of Hoskins' victims? What's he poached now, fish-fowl or larger beast? Where there was no immediate reply, the sergeant's manner changed. You're not serious? His story told, he felt the local sergeant knew where he was better than he did himself. You'll be next to Three Gates Marsh, on the St. Andrews Road, he said, then asked. And you'll wait for our people? Cannon confirmed he would wait.